Good morning. Today is Tuesday, March 1st, 2022. I'm your host, Evan George, and welcome to Bostopia News. And here's what's happening in the news today. Michelle Wu is trying to limit protests outside of politicians' houses in a move that I cannot stress again, do not support. How this would work is individual residences can receive special protections in which between the hours of 9 p.m. and 9 a.m., you would not be allowed to protest outside of. Currently, I believe, because of the city-wise noise ordinance, 7 a.m. is generally the start time, with currently 7 a.m. to 11 p.m. is the effective make-all-the-noise-you-want period. This would, again, allow certain residents, almost certainly politicians' homes, to give special protections. Now, if the city wanted to change its noise ordinance for everyone, everywhere, to move to 9 a.m. to 9 p.m., that to me is a little bit of an easier sell, though, because I know it's politically motivated, I would probably still tell you no. But the concept that we are just going to make protests allowed when it is the most convenient for the powerful is absurd. And this would, of course, be disproportionately targeted was people protesting good causes, not the anti-vax morons outside of Michelle's place. Now, for this to pass, it needs a majority of the Boston City Council. According to Politico, Ed Flynn, Ricardo Arroyo, and Rusi Lujan have signaled support. And I think that definitely is telling about Rusi. We're starting to see some trends. However, fortunately, Kendra Lara expressed skepticism. We'll phrase it like that. So this will definitely be an interesting one to watch. Michelle Wu is also asking the city council to begin sunsetting the BPDA's power of urban renewal. There are currently 14 active urban renewal plan areas throughout Boston, and this is really a tool that was given to the predecessor of the BPDA, the Boston Redevelopment Authority, in the late 1950s, which would allow the city to seize through eminent domain, quote-unquote, blighted areas. However, this was used to rip apart minority communities, working class communities throughout the country, but focusing here in Boston, most particularly in the West End and parts of the South End and Roxbury. And this tool was probably used throughout most neighborhoods in Boston. And now this has definitely been a target of Michelle's for a while. I remember speaking to her about this. Though for me, this is a tool that could be used for good, and the focus should remain on the complete dismantling and changing of the BPDA, not through what legal tools do they serve their primary function. Because that is the real problem, the function of the BPDA, not the clause it cites where it uses its power. However, I'm not completely against this move. I just don't think it will have the full impact that Michelle is hoping. I could be wrong, though. Fare-free public transit is sweeping Massachusetts, and the Merrimack Valley RTA has made all of their buses free to ride for the next two years, and they serve 16 different municipalities in northeastern Massachusetts. Now, they were also running three bus lines fare-free since 2019, and the funding coming from the city of Boston, and using the data and how successful it was, the Merrimack Valley Regional Transit Authority made the argument that this actually makes a lot more economic sense. What they found 
quote, the transit agency was receiving just 24 cents from each dollar in fares after factoring in the cost of fare collection, including software maintenance, armored car service, and bus delays related to fare collection. If the agency invested the $157,613 it needed to upgrade its fare collection system, it would wind up getting back just 8 cents. Basically saying that this is the worst inefficient way to generate revenue, and that is a very quick paraphrase from somebody who made this argument. And I believe it was just reported that the MBTA is investing over a billion dollars in new fare collection services, while all of the evidence is showing us that it makes a lot more economic sense, especially when you factor in the environment and you factor in working class people having more money in their pocket to spend. So this is a fantastic sign, and let's hope it'll be the future for all municipalities. Nurses at St. Vincent Hospital in Worcester won another battle yesterday after an effort was made to kick out the union that made their historic win just a few months ago. And fortunately, these nurses will remain members of the Massachusetts Nurse Association. What it seems what happened was a small group of nurses and I believe these were nurses who crossed the picket line and started working at St. Vincent Hospital while the others were on strike, petitioned the National Labor Relations Board to hold a decertification vote, which would have again kicked out the Massachusetts Nurse Association and then allowed a delay of one year where none of the nurses at that facility would have had any representation. And I think that's at the minimum because they would have needed to have gone through the process of voting for new representation, which takes time. Ultimately, 302 nurses voted in favor of the union and 133 voted against it. And of course, Tenet Healthcare from Dallas, the for-profit company that was squeezing nurses and reducing patient care during that process, which ultimately led to nurses to go on strike, their CEO, Carolyn Jackson, emailed nurses and urged them to vote no, again, to try to kick out this union. So good on them for fighting yet another hard-fought battle, and hopefully they get some rest. And that's going to do it for today. And we do have quite a few sponsors for today's episode. So Shane, Matthew, and Kit, thank you so much for sponsoring today's episode. I greatly appreciate it. And if you haven't yet, I recommend you listen to my deep dive episode on the Boston First Responders United. Gives, I feel, a lot of great insight into their larger connections to the right-wing movement that was seen grow really over the past 10 years, maybe 12, we'll call it. And as always, continue to support the show any way you can. Take care and have a great rest of your day. Oh, um, there will be no morning news podcast tomorrow morning but we'll kick it off again on thursday so we'll not be here tomorrow morning i will see you thursday we'll still do the tiktok though because those are very easy to do <laughs>